morning for those that are just joining in. This is Arthur Crowley Martin, and I dropped in to ask the question. You know, God, you know, I gotta know. I gotta know. God asked me, so I gotta ask you. I gotta know. I gotta know. Are you living by faith? Because how many of you know that our body will do what our mind tells it to? You know, Romans, um, Romans X tells us that we're to live by faith. Romans 1 and 17 tells us. For it is in the righteousness of God is revealed that uh, from faith to for faith, as it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. That's the English Standard Version. Let's see what King James says. King James, Romans 1, 17, tells us, For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith, faith to faith, and is, as it is written, that just shall live by faith. We're getting ready to get into this question. You know I got to know. You know I got to know. Are you living by faith in God? We're going to pray first, and then we're going to get right on into the message. You guys share the podcast um, when you get it, and also support us on here. Hit my um, Subscribe to my page here on Spotify, on Anchor FM, or on Spotify under Arthur Frohley Martin, so when I, when I come on, you can I'll receive the notifications. Also, you guys are just starting a Facebook page, Frohley Martin biblical principles for inner healing how about that okay so we're gonna pray first father god we just thank you for being in the midst of us lord god father you said where two or three are joined together there you are right there in the midst of us lord god so father we just thank you right now lord god for revealing to us for creating in us a clean heart and renewing in us a right creating us a clean heart and renewing in us a right spirit father i ask that you anoint my lips so that I can say what you want me to say, Father God. For we know that you said in your word that the just shall live by faith, Father God. So I thank you, Father, as we speak your word that faith will come. Because you said faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And I thank you, Father God, that your word, it will land on good ground, Father God. And it will bring forth fruit in the lives of, in our lives as we hear the word of God. Father God, we will be doers of your word and not hearers only. We're not just here to hear the word, Father, but we're here to apply the word, Father. So we ask you in advance for wisdom as your word goes forth, Father God. We ask you for wisdom to show us how to do what we know. We get ready to get on into the message now. Thank you guys for joining in. And again, I have to ask the question. I have to ask it. I'm sorry, I just got to. Are you living by faith? What in the world does that mean? Um, how many of you know that our body will do what the mind tells it to, right? So when the, if we do not know the word of God, we cannot have faith in God. So what we're saying, when someone's saying, well, I'm believing God, one of the questions I'll ask them is, uh, really, okay, so what Bible verse are you standing on? How many of you know that God does not go outside of his word to say what needs to be said? He does not add to it or take away from it you know now faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen hebrews 11 and 1 tells us right 
So faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So I like to ask the question. I don't know. No, I'm trying to get in your business. Yep, I'm trying to go in. Because we need to go on, on on the inside. And we have to stop with these religious jargons and these religious uh, slogans. Because a lot of times our faith is lying dormant because we don't know what the Word of God says about the situation. So I like to say every area in our lives where we're feeling hopeless is an area in our lives where we we don't know what the Word of God says or we do know what it says, but we're not uh, believing in what it says. Hold on. Wait a minute. Now you guys know there is no condemnation in it. Because what we're going to do, because every day, remember, every day is a new day. So today is a new day. And we get to do what God say, okay? Yesterday's gone, tomorrow's not yet. This is not for condemnation. This is for correction and conviction. So we can grow from faith to faith and glory to glory. But we have to go and really deal with those inner issues and see what it is that we're really believing. Because how many of you know that our body will do what the mind tell it to, right? This is why Romans 12, 1 and 2 tells us that we have to um, renew our mind, right? Romans 12, 1 and 2. He says, uh, therefore, present your body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. For this is your reasonable service, right? This is a, this is your your worship. Um, so we have to we have to um, change our way of thinking before we can change our way of living, right? We have to change our way of thinking before we can change our way of living. We know this to be true, right? Because the body will do what the mind tells it to. Right now, my my brain is telling me what to do. My brain is telling me what to think. And my body is carrying out the actions. They're all connected. So, beloved, I wish above all that you prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. Right? So, we have to change our way of thinking before we can change our way of living. Because our body is doing what the mind is telling it to. And I'm not talking about mind over matter. I'm talking about the Word of God, which is the power of God which has the power to change our lives. The same way it has the power to save us and the power to redeem us is the same way it has the power to change us. Be not conformed to the world. Romans 1 says, Paul, servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God. And the gospel he promised beforehand through his prophets and his holy. So be not conformed to the world, but be transformed. Let me go here. Let me get this right scripture here. Be not conformed to the world. Excuse me on that. Be not conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We're going to look up the uh, New King James Version, Romans 12. Romans 12. Give me one second here. We're going to go to Romans 12, 1. I beseech you, therefore, brothers, by the mercy of God, that you present your body a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world. But be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So we cannot know God's good, acceptable, and perfect will for our lives without knowing what the Word of God has to say. And a lot of times I think that when we think we're standing in faith, really what we're doing is we're in limbo. Because if you, when you're saying, when we say that we're standing in faith or we're living by faith, we should be standing on a, a Bible verse, something that God has said, a promise. What is God's promise concerning your problem? So a lot of times people say, well, I'm living by faith, or they say, well, God said, okay, so anything that God says is going to be in line with what he says, okay? In other words, I have to use this because we all understand it, okay? So God is never going to say, hey, you're married, go sleep with Thomas. 
That's why is that? Because that's contrary to his word. I'm using it. There's no condemnation. Hold up. Wait a minute. Stay right here. I'm using that because everybody can identify with it. Okay? We know the difference between right and wrong. Okay? In other words, what I'm saying is God never speaks outside of his word. He's never going to tell you to do something that's contrary to who he is. So my question is, I hear people saying that um, I'm leaving God for their healing. Okay, that's good. So what are you standing on? What's the promise concerning the problem? In order, he says that the just shall live by faith. This means this is a daily lifestyle. I know that sometimes we go through things in life and we just don't think that I guess uh, Christ can identify with what we're going through. But we have not. How many of you know we have not a high priest? who's not touched by the feelings of our infirmities. Jesus is touched by the feelings of our infirmities. Hebrews 4, 15 and 16 tells us this. I'm going to do the King James Version. Hebrews 4, 15 and 16. It says, For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities or the feelings of our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. So Christ, he, 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 he knows what it feels like to be tempted by the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. You guys go back and watch my prior uh, broadcast. But Jesus is touched by the feelings of our infirmities. He feels what we feel. He endured temptation. Go read about the temptation of Christ when he was uh, in the garden, when the Holy Spirit led him up into the wilderness. Okay? So he is touched. Give me one moment. He is touched by the feelings of our infirmities. He was tempted in all ways, yet without sin. He was tempted in all ways, yet without sin. He knows what it feels like to be tempted by the lust of the flesh. He knows what it feels like to be tempted by the uh, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life. Because the Holy Spirit led him up into the wilderness to be tempted 40 days and 40 nights. But yet he passed all the temptations uh, without sin. Right? It's not a sin to be tempted. Uh, read Luke 41, uh, 4, 1 through 13. I believe that talks about, yes, Luke 4, 1 through 13. Yet he was tempted in all ways, yet without sin. So let's not take Christ and put him on the shelf and say, Lord, um, I trust you with this part of my life, but I, I got, I got, I got this. You know, I got this right here, Lord. I got this right here. I can handle it here. I don't need you to do this part. How many of us is living like that? You know, he said that the just shall live by faith. Whenever God gives us a word, he's, we, we got to have faith to go with what he says in order for that promise to manifest. Even though the word is from God, if we don't do our part, we can miss out on the, on the, uh, on the word. He told Abraham that Sarah was going to have a baby, right? That was a word from the Lord. The Lord told Abraham, that he was going to have a him and Sarah was going to have a baby that Sarah would conceive right now so that Sarah would have a son so that was his word that was the word of the Lord to to uh, Abraham and Sarah in Genesis 18 Genesis 18 so that was the word of the Lord to Abraham so faith came by hearing okay Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So once we get the promise of the word, God gives, we find that once we get a word, we got to add our faith to it. Because anything done outside of faith is sin. 
This is why it's not the hearer of the word that's blessed. It's the doer of the word that's blessed and not the hearer only. We have to act on what the word of God says. We got to act on what the word of God says. It's the doer of the word that's blessed. It's the doer of the word that's blessed. And not the hearer only. Because until we do, James 1 and 22 through 27 talks about this. Until we do what the word of God says do, we're not going to receive the manifestation of the promise. So I guess I'm saying all this to ask the question, is your faith in limbo? You know what the promise of God is saying. But do you believe, do we believe what the promise of God is saying? And one thing I learned to be true is that when the word of God is not manifesting in my life, I always have to look at myself because God's word is true. There is no ifs, ands, or buts about it. And there's no need to try to make excuses because there's nothing wrong with God's word. If the promise is not manifesting, it's something on my end, or it could just be a time issue. It could be the devil come hindering it or whatever. But I never blame God for anything that's not going right in my life because God is good. And every good and perfect gift comes from God. How many of you guys know that? How many of you guys believe that? Remember Jesus said in uh, John 10, 10, he said that I am the good shepherd. And I come that you might have life and um, life more abundantly. But it's the thief who cometh not but to steal, kill, and destroy. Let's not quit blaming God for things that the devil is doing. Okay? So everything is according to our faith. So what is it? What's the promise concerning your problem? What's the promise concerning your marriage? What's the promise concerning your children's salvation? What's the promise concerning your healing? What promise are you standing on? That's another deal too. It's not just knowing, because you'd be well-versed. Because remember, the devil knows the word. But what's the rhema word to you? A rhema word is a word that's revealed and a word that's alive. A, a good example of this is when, uh, when Jesus was asking his disciples, who does everyone say he is? Who do they say I am? Right? And so then the disciples, they went on to get and say, some say you're prophet, some say you're... Let's find it here. Matthew 16, 15. When Jesus was asking his disciples, but what about you, he said to Peter, who do you who do you say I am? Hold on one second. Matthew 16. Matthew 16. Let's start Matthew 16, 13. It says, when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? Verse 14, he said, well, they replied, some said, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, and others say Jeremiah, or one of the other prophets. And then Jesus asked them, but who do you say I am? Do you know who Jesus, who do you say that Jesus is? It's not about what they say. Who do you, do we have a revelation of Jesus Christ? We must have a revelation of Jesus Christ. If we do not have a revelation of Jesus Christ, the Bible is just going to look like a story, a good storybook. But the Bible says that the, that the purpose of the, story, the scriptures and the parables and all of this is for our example. It's supposed to teach us uh, how to live righteously. And it's to teach us what to do and what not to do. He left these, he put the, the, the stories, of, the true stories of his miracles, his healings, his earthly ministry, and everything else. He left it behind as our instruction manual. So you see, marriage really does come with instruction. 
Uh, raising children comes with instruction. How to live comes with instruction. For every problem, there really is a promise. And this is how you know also that the word of God is true. Not just based on that fact, but I don't know about you. But when they say, hey, Curly, who do you say Jesus is? He is my redeemer. He is my savior. He is my Lord. He changed my life. His blood redeemed me. See, I know for myself, it's not... It's not just what someone said. It's not just what my mama said, what my daddy said. No, it's a real relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And when you have a revelation of Jesus Christ, that's when you have a real relationship with Jesus Christ. The Pharisees and Sadducees, they knew the scriptures, but they did not know the God of the scriptures. When Jesus Christ himself was in their presence, they could not discern him. They didn't know who he was. We can know a lot of Bible verses and not have a revelation of who Jesus Christ is. And that's the Logos. The Logos is the written word. But when we have the rhema word, when he reveals himself to us, that's the Father in heaven. Let's go on and read verse 16. Matthew 16, 16. And he said, did Jesus turn? He said, Simon Peter answered. But you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. That's what Simon Peter said. He said, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And Jesus replied, you are blessed, Simon, son of John, because my father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human being. This is, there's no way in the natural that you can get a revelation of who Jesus Christ is. Now I say to you, he's saying in verse 18, now I say to you, uh, you are Peter, which means the rock. And upon this rock, upon this revelation, upon this rock, I will build my church. And all the power of hell will not conquer it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven. Or whatever you bind on earth shall be bound. In, in, uh, or whatever, whatever you forbid on earth or bind on earth will be bound in heaven or forbiddenness, the same word, and whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. Whatever we bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever we loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. He said, I'm giving you the keys. It's upon this rock, upon this revelation of who Jesus Christ is. This is what the foundation of the church is built on, who Jesus Christ is. Jesus Christ is the Son of God, his redemption, his redemption for us. So who do you say I am? Who is Jesus to you? When he's real to you, we can believe what he says for real. We have to do away with this, this religious jargon. God is going to do it. What does that mean? If God has given you a word, you must stand on the word in order to have faith to go through whatever it is. He gave Abraham and Sarah a word that they would, Sarah was going to bear a son. That was a word from the Lord. Now he had now he received the word. He has to believe the word and he has to walk it out. And that's how it is with us. When we start standing on a promise, by Jesus Christ I'm healed. We cannot waver. And we have to watch our words. Because the devil is coming to steal what? The parable of the sower tells us that the devil is coming to steal the word. How does he steal it? Through the cares of the world, the deceitfulness of riches. And when, I, when, when it's not planted deep in our heart, the enemy is able to come steal the word. Are you living by faith? 
Are you living by faith in what God says? That's not just a general term. You say faith, but it's having faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So, are, do you have faith in what God's word says? This is what I'm talking about. And if so, when someone tells me that they're believing God for something, I'm going to ask them, what scripture are you standing on? We cannot have faith in God without knowing the word of God. And I'm telling you, this is a major issue. A lot of people don't know the word of God. We cannot have faith in the word of God without knowing the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We cannot, we have to spend time in the word of God. Remember when we're saying we don't have time for the word, we're saying we don't have time for God because God and his word is one. Hold on, wait a minute. Yes. Hold on. Today is a new day, and we get to do what God says. So today, let today be the beginning of your new. Let's get in that word. Let's get in some Proverbs. Let's find you. A lot of times, it's really boring because people don't know how to read the Bible. You don't just open it and start reading it. What is your issue? Because the truth of the matter is, in order to change our way of living, what are those things in your life that you don't like? Because your triggers are your issues. And these are the open doors that the devil is using to gain access into our lives. So when Jesus said we got to take the plank out of our own eye, that's really what inner healing is about, taking the plank from our own eye. So we can see the splinter in our brother's eye. And you know what? When we allow God to take the plank out of our own eye and we're able to confess our own faults one to another, that's how we get healed. It's not about me trying to tell you what's wrong with you. It's about telling, you know, when I see me and then I cry out to the Lord and say, Lord, deliver me because godly sorrow worketh repentance unto salvation. In other words, when I'm sorry to God, when we're sorry to God, we're not sorry because we got caught. We're not sorry because the wife or, or, or husband is threatened to leave us. We're not sorry because, you know, of this or that, but we're sorry to God. This is godly sorrow. The Bible says godly sorrow work at repentance unto salvation. Godly sorrow. Are you sorry to God? I did a video on that. 2 Corinthians 7 10 tells us that. That it's godly sorrow that, that brings repentance that leads to salvation. It's godly sorrow that leads to repentance unto salvation. It's godly sorrow that brings repentance that leads to salvation and leaves no regret. But worldly sorrow brings death. It's godly sorrow. 2 Corinthians 7, 10. Are you sorry to God? I, I have to ask that question. If you're frustrated by the way that you're living, because when we get born again for real, I'm telling you, I'm telling you what I know. When you get born again for real, your heart desire, it is to please and to fulfill God's desire. It's a real deal because your spirit changed. And he tells us in Ezekiel, God did the first open heart surgery in the book of Ezekiel. He said he takes out the stony heart. He takes out the stony heart, right? Ezekiel 36, 26 says, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you the heart of stone and I will give you a heart of flesh. So when we get born again, God takes out that stony heart, that heart filled with sin. And he gives us his heart, his heart of flesh, that heart that has feelings, that heart that, that has conviction. He gives us his heart filled with his desires. 
So when we get born again for real, our heart desire really is to fulfill and to do what God wants us to do. But it's kind of like the Apostle Paul says, oh, wretched man, am I? When I want to do good, evil is always present. So it's with my mind I serve the law of God. But it's with my flesh. It's, in other words, it's when I want to, when I yield to my flesh and do what my flesh wants, that I fulfill the law of death or the law of sin. Right? So, again, Romans tells us, Romans 12, 1 and 2. He says uh, that we have to renew our mind. Be not conformed to the uh, world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of our mind. As we, our body is do, our body will do what the mind tells us to. It's rigged like that, right? So we're acting on. I like to tell people we're acting on what we believe. So if the lifestyle that we're living is contrary to what God is saying, know that it's attached to a devil's lie. Remember, Jesus tells told his disciples. Uh, if you continue on my word, you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free, right? What is the word of God going to set us free from? That's John 8, 32. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. John 8, 32. What is the, what is the truth going to set us free from? The truth is going to set us free. God's truth sets us free from the devil's life. So every area in our lives where we're not walking in faith, Every area in the life, I'm gonna put it to you like this. Every area in our lives where we're living contrary to the word of God is an area in our lives where we're believing a devil's lie. What lie has the devil told you to make you believe that the word of God is not true? We're gonna have to get honest with this. We're gonna have to get real with this. It's okay because none of us have arrived, so we're all on this journey together, right? So look at your life. You're the we're the main subject of our own life story. It's not about me trying to fix my husband, my kids, or anything or anyone else. But I am the main subject of my own life story. You, it's me, Lord. I don't know about you. But I'm standing in the need of prayer. God said, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. Because he resists the proud. Okay? But he said, therefore, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. Then we can resist the devil and he will flee. And the reason we're having trouble resisting the devil is because we're, when we're not humbling ourselves under the mighty hand of God, we cannot resist the devil because we cannot walk with the devil and resist the devil at the same time. Hold on. Wait a minute. There's no condemnation in it. Today is a new day and we get to do what God says. So what, what do we need to do? Look at those areas in your life where the devil has access into your life. Those areas in our, in our lives where there's open doors. The Bible tells us, he said, that we're clean through the word, right? Jesus said his truth is what sanctifies us. He said, you're sanctified by my truth. And then he said again, you're already condemned and judged by the words I've spoken to you, right? So as we begin to look at our lives, and you know, we, we don't say it all the time, but everyone has issues, that's true. That's, that's the first part of it, confessing our own heart. Okay, so now that we've admitted it, we have to quit it, right? So how do we quit it? How do we overcome those stronghold mindsets? How do we overcome those issues that are in our life? It's not by our ability. It's not by might nor by uh, power, but it's by His Spirit. The Word of God is the power. I'm telling you right now. The Word of God is the power of God, okay? The same way the Word has the power to save us is the same way that word has the power to deliver us. We prayed a prayer, and that's how we accepted Christ, right? Excuse me. When we live the word, that's how we get delivered through the word. For him, 
anything done outside of faith is sin. And the Bible says that he that knoweth to do good and do it not, for him is sin. Hold on, wait a minute. So he says, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge, right? So God knows what we know, and he knows what we don't know. But those things that we know to do, and maybe we don't, we, I don't know about you, but when I, uh, when I was a Christian, a baby Christian, and I was, I got married, I was married for 13 years as a, a believer, that was when I first got saved, 13 years I was married, so there were certain scriptures I didn't have to pay attention to because I was married. The things about fornication and all that, that wasn't a big deal for me because I was married. But when I got divorced, now I'm in a new season in my life called single. Now I knew how to live to date outside of the word of God, but how did you live? How do you not do these things um, as a believer? I know it wasn't supposed to be the same. So that was my journey. And out of my journey came a book. Well, it was I was already married when I wrote the book, Dating Identifier, Mary God's Way. You guys pick up that book, it's online on Amazon, and it's going to answer some of the questions for you. Do you do this as a Christian? How do you keep your body from burning? You know, we need to know some things. How many of you know we need to know some things? God knows we need to know because he said, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. There's no condemnation. I know when you're, uh, in order to change our behaviors, those things in our life that we don't like, that we know is contrary to the word of God. We have to know what the will of God is. We have to get in the word and say, Lord, what does your word say about fornication? What does your word? Yep, I said it. Hold on, wait a minute. Just because it's socially accepted doesn't mean it's accepted by God. No condemnation. Overeating, a comfort food, shopping too much, spending too covetousness, none of that. There's no condemnation. I'm just telling you, we all have something to deal with. So, but what we have to do to overcome it is see what the word he said we're overcomers we're more than conquerors all this work is done but we have to know how to walk in the finished work and it's going to be the just shall live by faith we have to live a lifestyle by faith which means that our lifestyle is going to be contrary to what the world way of doing things we're going to be calling those things which be not as though they were you may look foolish and you may be persecuted for Christ's sake, but that's okay because you have. we have to believe what the Word of God says. It's not a, just enough to believe that Jesus exists, right? Hebrews tell us we must first believe that he does exist, but then we have to go on and believe that he is a reward of those that diligently seek him. What did you mean when you say you believe in God? I like to ask people that question because God can be anything. People have different meanings for God. What do you mean when you say you believe in God? Do you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son? What do you mean? Come on now, let's start with this religious jargon. God is going to do it. God is going to fix it. What does that mean? What does the Word of God say about the situation in your life? What do you believe in God for? What do you believe in God for? A better marriage? Are you believing God for your children to be saved? Your finances? Uh, for just um, to be more like him. I pray that's our prayer, to be able to walk in his love. To walk in love, we must be humble. We cannot have forgiveness and hate in our heart to walk in love. They're contrary to each other. He said, walk in the spirit and we will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So how do we walk in the spirit? By walking in love. God is love. So we need to go back to Corinthians 13 and find out what love is. Find out what God's love is, not not the not the uh, uh, phileo love. I'm talking about the agape love. 
Maybe we need to start there. Some of you need to start there. Maybe we need to start with love. Find out. That's a good Corinthians. First, first Corinthians, Second Corinthians talks about um, the love of God. God's love is not like us. Our love. First Corinthians 13. We, we, a lot of us know it, but we, uh, we now that we know it, we have to ask God, God, uh, so show me how to do what I know. Do you know how to do what you know? I like to ask that question. Yeah, I gotta ask it. I gotta ask it. I'm just gonna sit here for one second because I want you to think about that. Do you know how to do what you know? There's no condemnation. That's just another area where we need to dig deeper into the Word of God and say, Lord, give me your wisdom. Show me how to walk in the love of God. You say, love is patient, kind. Love does not envy or boast. It's not arrogant. It's not rude. It does not insist on having its own way. It's not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoice with the truth. I'm talking about 1 Corinthians 13 and 4. It does not rejoice at wrongdoings, but rejoice with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hope all things, endure all things. Love never ends. God is love. And this is the characteristics of Christ. It's 1 Corinthians 13. I was reading to you. 4 through 8. Read that. Study on it. And ask the Lord, Lord, how do I do this? Relationship, relationship, relationship. Who do you say Jesus is? Who do you say? Because if we don't have a revelation of Jesus Christ, he's not going to be real to us. Who do you say? It's not about what your mama said. It's not about what anyone says. We, I don't know about you, Father God, Holy Spirit. Father, I ask you right now, Father, that you just reveal yourself to your people. Give them a rhema word. Give them a God encounter. Let them encounter you like they did Saul on the road to Damascus. Give us Damascus Street experiences, Father God, so that we will know, we will be able to say, taste and see for yourself that the Lord is good. I can sit here and tell you all day long about how good God is. I can sit here and tell you all day long about all the things that God has done for me. But until you taste and you see for yourself, you're not going to experience what it feels like. I can tell you all day long how good the ice cream tastes. But until you taste the ice cream for yourself, you're never going to experience the blessing of the ice cream. So taste and see that the Lord is good. You have to you have to time for yourself. So we're gonna we're getting ready to end it here. Are you living by faith? What does God's word say about what it is that you're going through? I'm, I'm telling you now, the body will do what the mind tells us to. We're acting on what we believe. I know a lot of times, oops, hold on, wait a minute. I know a lot of times, that's a hard truth. But a lot of people don't want to want to admit that because we want to pretend like we're just super, super, super spiritual. But I don't know about you. I haven't arrived yet, okay? So God is still working on me. But what those things that I know to do, I'm telling you, I am bent on doing them. And I'm going to tell you why. Because I'm so fully convinced that my way was the wrong way. I am so convinced that my way was the wrong way that I don't want my way anymore. And so this is why I say things like, Lord, all I want to do is follow after you. Is that your prayer? Are you convinced? Are you ready to surrender? 
Are you ready to yield your will to God's will for whoever we yield our members to? He said, that's who we serve. If we're living by faith in God, we're not going to be looking to people to fulfill our needs. But what we're going to do is we're going to get on. Yes, God used people. But I'm saying even in that, he will lead people to you. God is a supplier of our every need. Are you living by faith? There's no condemnation because the day is a new day. We have to, when I say, are you living by faith? What I'm saying is, are you living by faith in what God's word says? This is what I'm saying when I'm saying, are you living by faith? Are you living by faith in what God's word says? No condemnation. Let's get in the book. Today is a new day. We cannot have faith without knowing what God's word says. So a lot of us are feeling hopeless. We're feeling hopeless when it comes to our marriage because we don't know what the words say about marriage. We're feeling hopeless. Some of you have given up on your children and you're saying things that's contrary to the word of God. And we know the scripture. We know that the scriptures say life and death in the power of the tongue. But do we know how to do what we know? And that's where wisdom comes in because the word of God is the power of God. But we need the spirit of God the Holy Spirit, He is the one that give us the power to even want to do right. He gives the power. Ask the Lord, Lord, um, give me your strength. It's not by might nor by power, but it's by His Spirit. And so I always tell people that until you have, unless you've tried Jesus, you haven't tried anything. Because the wise man, he builds his house, he builds his life upon the rock. Is your life built on the rock? Is your marriage built on the rock? Are you built on the rock? Is your, nobody is your project. We are the main subject of our own life story. Here I am, Lord. I don't know about you. But here I am, Lord. Here I am again today, asking you for your grace and your mercy to be able to love right, to be able to live right, to be able to see right, to be able to discern right, to be able to judge right. Because for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. God loves people. And we need to be very mindful of how we treat his people that he created in his own image and likeness. I like to say what an honor and a privilege to be created in God's own image and likeness. What an honor and a privilege. And whenever God sees fit to ask me to do anything, I consider an honor and a privilege. How can we repay our God who gave us everything? we can never repay him. So when he asks me to do something, I consider it an honor and a privilege to be considered by God for anything. But my heart is grateful and my heart is thankful because a grateful heart is an humble heart. There's no condemnation. But what word are you standing on concerning your household? Concerning your marriage? Concerning you? Because you know what? When we let change begin with us, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I've tasted and I've seen for myself and I'm still tasting. I'm tasting and seeing because I am convinced that God wants to change me. And you know what? Let change begin with you. Because when change begins with you, you're going to be so amazed and so surprised of how things around you begin to change. Let change begin with you. How about that? I'm getting ready to end it here. Today, I, I challenge you. I challenge you because a lot of times we say we're living by faith, but we don't know what the words say. You can't have faith outside of the word. 
It's not about faith in your ability. It's not about faith in our ability. So what, that's why I don't teach self-confidence or self-esteem. Because God says, it's not by might, growth, nor by power. It's not by might, nor by your strength, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord. Not by might, nor by power, but it's by his spirit, says the Lord. And have no confidence in your own arm of flesh, the word of God tells us. To have no confidence in our own arm of flesh, what does that mean? He said, don't have confidence in your ability. Don't have confidence in your knowledge. Don't have confidence in your education. Don't have confidence in your strength. I need you to have confidence in my word. I need God needs us to be have confidence in his word. And know this, there's no condemnation, but I want you to, just so we can be sober and alert. That whenever we're feeling fear, whenever we're feeling afraid, and whenever we're feeling scared, that's because we have lost faith in God's word. Because when, uh, and that's when we have lost confidence in God's love for us, because perfect love casts out fear, right? So when we're feeling afraid, we don't know what the word is saying, or we could know what the word is saying, but we have lost confidence in God's love. Because when we have confidence in God's love for us, fear will have no place in us. Well, perfect love casts out fear. This is the confidence that we have. For God so loved us. He proved his love for us when he sent his son to die for us. This is the proof. This is the receipt. He said, how do I know that God loves me? He proved it. For when we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That's how he proved his love for us. It wasn't about who we was or what we did. It was about who he is and what he did. Because love is an actual word. So when you feel that spirit of fear, because remember this. Fear is a spirit. Don't forget that. Fear is a spirit. Okay? So when we feel that spirit of fear come on us, instantly, because remember, the word of God is our weapon of warfare. Okay? So when we don't know what the word, we don't have a weapon in the war. And this is why the enemy is just dominating us, dominating our lives, and and wrecking our lives with fear, because we don't have faith in God's word. Faith in God's word is what gives us confidence. Faith in God, knowing that God loves us, that's what gives us confidence. Because when you believe and know that someone loves you, you know that they have your best interest at heart. And you know, uh, the Bible says that those who put their trust in the Lord, he will not cause us to be ashamed or embarrassed. How many of you know that when we're saying what God is saying, that's his reputation that we're putting on the line. We're, we're ambassadors, ministers of reconciliators. Our job is to say what God says. It's his responsibility to watch over his word and perform it. When we speak the word of God in faith, and we we will see the promises of God manifested. But we're going to have to hold fast to the confession of our faith. We're going to have to hold fast. We're going to have to be steadfast and movable and always abounding in the word of God and the things of the Lord. It doesn't matter what's going on around us. Faith has to believe what God's word says. And when we feel ourselves getting weak, don't get tired of doing good. Because in due season, if you don't faint, you're going to reap what you sow. Some of us have fainted, and that's why we have not reaped what we sow. There's no condemnation. Get up and do it again. Get up and believe again. Because a righteous man will fall seven times. But he gets back up. Get up and start believing again. Because the truth of the matter is, until you have tried things God's way, you really have not tried things the right way. I say before you go file for a divorce, see what God's word has to say. I say before you give up on your children and quit saying things like they're never going to change and all this kind of foolishness, you're cursing them. We're cursing. 
Life and death is in the power of the tongue. Be mindful of your words. Again, like you said, are you angry about someone else's issue? Because that's really what it is. You're mad because they're not doing what you want them to do. Are you frustrated because they're not saying what you want them to say? I'm telling you right now, that's because you've gotten out of faith. Because faith called those things which be not as though they were. No condemnation. Hold on, wait a minute. Because I know when a hard word comes, the first thing we want to do is run. But how many of you guys know that God says he chastised those that he loves? So I look at correction as God is, when he chastises me, he's loving on me. When God is chastising you, he's loving on you. Um, because without correction, we open ourselves up to deception. There's no condemnation. Today is a new day. So I, I challenge you. My challenge to you today is the reason you don't have faith, the reason you're feeling hopeless, the reason you're feeling depressed and stressed is because we don't know what God's word saying. If Even if we know what God's word says, we're not believing what he says. So if we're having a problem with unbelief, and let me tell you the, the solution to that, is spending more time with God. Delighting yourself in the Lord. Delight yourself in the Lord. Spending time with him. The same way we spend time every day with our husbands, our children, our job, or whatever. That's the same way we have to spend time with our Father. Creating that love relationship. He wants us to walk in fellowship with him. He wants us to light ourselves in him. He wants us to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Before you ask anybody else, you need to, we need to first stop to ask our Father. And in that, yes, God used people, but he will lead you to the person. He'll lead the person to you. One thing I learned in life is that when someone says no, it's not the person. That's just not who God was trying to use, right? Because whoever, he can he, he, he can use a donkey, he used a donkey for Christ's sake. And he said, if we won't praise him, he'll make the rocks cry out. So God can take the heart of a king, a principal, a, a supervisor, or owner, whatever, and he can turn it in the direction of your will. So if they said no, and you know in your heart this is something that God wants you to do, is that all that means is that's just how God is trying to do. Next, get up, continue, try again, believe again, start back uh, having hope and faith in God's love for you. Because faith working by love. If you we don't believe that God loves us, then our faith is not going to work for us. And also, you know, you can have faith for other people. And not have faith for yourself. And once again, that's coming from not having confidence in God's love for you. In other words, what you're saying is, I believe God will do it for them because he loves them. But I don't know if God will do it for me. Just know this. For God so loved the world that he loved. He gave his only begotten son. God loves the sinner person. God loves people who don't love him. God loves people who don't believe in him. God is love. And so for God not to love us, he would have to deny himself. I'm getting ready to end it here. And my challenge for you today is to find out what the word of God says about whatever it is that you're frustrated about. Those areas in our lives where we're feeling hopeless. Excuse me. Those areas in our lives where we're feeling frustrated. is areas in our lives where we don't know what the word of God is saying. But we're not having faith in the word of God um, to cause it to manifest. So, Again, relationship, relationship, relationship. He said, if we'll draw close to him, he'll draw close to us. Let's spend time in his word. Nothing can substitute the word of God. Nothing can substitute the way of God. Nothing can substitute the will of God. And it's good that we watch it on Facebook Live. It's good we watch it on TV. It's good we listen to it. But nothing can take the place of you getting in the book 
studying the word of God for yourself. God has a rhema word just for you. It's tailored to fit. And if you're constantly giving, you got to be constantly receiving. We have to get in the word. I don't just study the word so I can tell someone else. I study the word to live myself. We have to study to live. Study to show yourself approved. But study to live. Lord, what are you saying to me? And when we're, we know what the areas and the issues are in our life. Those are areas that God wants us to consult with Him. He wants us to take counsel with Him so He can deliver us and set us free. We're the work. He wants us to grow from faith to faith and glory to glory. So my challenge to you today is to get in the book. Find out what the Word of God says about family, marriage, sickness, disease, fear, whatever. Love, love. What is it? What is the issue? Find out what God's word has to say. Apply the word of God to that, to your life. And just start confessing it. The word of God is the power of God and the salvation. The word of God is our weapon of warfare. It's our weapon of warfare. So the next time, I want you to think of it like this. When we don't know the word, we don't have a weapon. The Word of God is a weapon of warfare. This is why it's so important that we um, that we are at a place where we're, we're receiving the Word of God. Because that's what's going to help us to endure the storms in life, of life. I'm going to leave us with this scripture right here. The Word of God is our weapon. Is our weapon. Right? The Word of God is not carnal not carnal. 2 Corinthians 10 and 4 tells us that the weapons of our warfare is not carnal. The weapons the weapons we fight with, let's read the NIV version, 2 Corinthians 10 and 4, it says the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. What are strongholds? Strongholds are mindsets thoughts that we believe that's contrary to what God is saying. NLT says we use God's mighty weapon not worldly weapons to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. Really the mind really is a battleground because that's what we're trying to pull down those mindset strongholds, those thoughts that are contrary to the word of God. Those thoughts that are contrary because our body is doing what the mind is telling it to. So that's why we have to renew our mind. So as we change our way of thinking we can change our way of I'm getting ready to end here. My challenge to you is find out what the Word of God says about those areas in your lives where we have those mindset strongholds so we can put the Word of God in place of um, those thoughts that's contrary to the Word of God. And um, just begin to stand on the Word of God. And we're clean through the Word. And act on whatever it is that we're believing. Ask the Holy Spirit, Father God, we just thank you. We're going to end it here. We thank you, Father God, for being in the midst of us again today, Father we thank you that as we hunger and thirst after righteousness, Father, for our heart desire is to fulfill your desire, Lord God, because you gave us your heart for flesh. So our heart desire is to fulfill your desire. And so, Father God, we ask that you strengthen us. We thank you right now for your deliverance, Father God. We thank you right now that you watch over your word to perform it, Father God. And we ask that you lead God and you teach us, Holy Spirit, for you are our teacher. And we bind the spirit of fear right now in the name of Jesus. 
divine the spirit of fear because fear is a spirit we bind anxiety because anxiety is fear and Father God, we, we repent of that. And we ask that you forgive us for not having faith and confidence in your love for us. We will walk by faith and not by sight. Because without faith, Father, you said it's, it's impossible to please you. Because when we don't please God, we call him a liar. I'm an Andy fan. I want you to think about that for a minute. That when our lifestyle is contrary to what God is saying, that's because we're believing what the devil is saying. There's no condemnation. We're going to get in the book. My challenge to you today is to take the word of God and apply it to your life. Look up the Bible verses pertaining to those doors, those entryways, those open gateways that's in your life. Those things that we call the triggers, those triggers are issues. Find out what your triggers are. Find out what God's word says about it. Apply the word of God to what, what, what those trigger issues are. And pray over it. Lord, give me wisdom to do what I am. We know a lot of stuff. Lord, give us wisdom. Our prayer is that you would give us wisdom. Give us wisdom, Father. Be hunger and thirst. Give us wisdom. Your wisdom. For it's not by might nor by power, but it's by your spirit. It's not mine over matter. It's your word over the matter, Father. What is your counsel? Holy Spirit, help us. For you can do the work of help in our time of trouble. And Father God, comfort those that are mourning, for you have promised to comfort those that mourn, Father. We will be willing and obedient, Father. We will not just know your word, we will become doers of your word so that we can receive the manifestation of your promises. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Hey, you guys, share this has been a blessing to you in any way. And again, my challenge for you today is if you guys can post something underneath my page, what scripture are you standing on? What does the word of God have to say about what you're believing? Because faith comes by hearing and learn by the word of God. And we cannot have faith in what God says. looking for the good in your day so you can see God's goodness all throughout your day. Also, you guys follow me on my Facebook page, Carly Martin, um, Biblical Principles for Inner Healing, um, Spotify, uh, Spotify, Carly Martin, or my anchor.fm, Carly Martin, and support us over there, so because when you do, then help support our nonprofit free kids. So if you hit that website link, it'll take you to our uh, nonprofit page. Okay, I'm getting ready to end it here. You guys keep looking for the good in your day so you can see God's goodness all throughout your day. And until tomorrow, until next time, subscribe to my YouTube page also. Hit the bell. And so whenever I come on, you'll know. Okay, let's continue to pray for each other as we continue to fight the good fight of faith. And um, you guys be blessed.